It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. And on a Thursday morning at Wax, here at the Shank of the Day, Bob and Joe with you as we take a look at the chores this morning. And weather it is a changing because we're getting some different things falling out of the sky. What did you tell me earlier? My favorite mail caller told me he was getting bombarded with snow over in Durand. All right, so there's some snow falling out there, so make sure you're aware of it. I don't think it's going to last long, but there is snow falling in some places. I don't know if it's big flakes or whether it's just kind of a misty snow, but just be aware it might be out there. Mixed precipitation today, 45 the high, that's it. Down to 31 tonight, chance of rain tomorrow and 43 and then uh, staying in the 40s, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, partly sunny to cloudy skies. So, again, fall is upon us. we got 41 degrees right now. National FFA Convention coming up in a couple weeks. Jill's going down to Indianapolis and uh, keeping us connected with how some of our students are doing down there. We've got some good sponsors along with us. We have H&S going to be sponsoring some of our programs, and Nasonville Dairy. Good. So, and, uh, and the Marshfield, uh, H&S over in Marshfield, of course, and Nasonville Dairy and Weber's Farm Store there at Marshfield. Again, the Marshfield FFA, I think they've got three teams competing at Indianapolis this year, plus lots of other folks. Uh, ben Steyer from Menominee running to be a national officer. We'll see if we can get two in a row. It's never happened, but... Uh, Two awful good candidates, Courtney Zimmerman this year and Ben Steyer, maybe next year. We'll see what happens, but uh, lots of of good young people from uh, around our area. Going to be in Indianapolis. Jill will be down there, too. USDA report came out yesterday as far as the crops. It's the uh, Crop Production World Ag Supply and Demand Estimates. And it did lower both the corn and soybean crops. We'll tell you by how much. And a nice collaboration of a lot of folks over there in uh, River Falls, UW River Falls, making uh, the announcement of uh, Ellsworth Creamery sticking in some more money to that dairy plant, their pilot plant. And also, speaking of River Falls and uh, Ellsworth Co-op Creamery, down at World Dairy Expo last week, talked to a lot of folks who always stopped by a lot of the, the booths that are from our area, and Ellsworth Co-op Creamery, of course, one of the popular ones, giving away uh, cheese curds and uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And I happened to be standing at the booth, and a Chinese gentleman stopped, and he started eating cheese curds. And I said, I said, do you, uh, do you guys have cheese curds in China? He said, oh, yeah. And then John Fryholz, who's uh, at the Ellsworth Co-op Creamery, I think he's in, in charge of the operations over there, he said, we ship a lot over there. So we'll get more on that, too. I found that kind of interesting. So lots of things going on. We'll talk about, uh, hopefully, we'll get them all in this morning. Coming up on WAC. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And just like they told us, we'd get some mixed precipitation overnight, and we are getting a few places having a few snow flurries this morning. Otherwise, some uh, rain showers, but uh, it's kind of cold out there. A lot of folks uh, in the 30s, it's not real cold. I mean, I don't, uh, the coldest that I've seen is, uh, well, we're in the 30s up in Rice Lake and Medford and Marshfield, but uh, it's not bitter cold. So again, and we won't get warm today either. We're only going to get 45. Chance of rain again tomorrow in 43, and then in the 40s over the weekend, uh, partly cloudy to cloudy skies. Rice Lake 37, Medford 39, 42 in Wausau. 
Marshfield at 39, Lacrosse 45, Green Bay 44, 43 in Madison, Sun Prairie 45 in Milwaukee, and here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. We've got 41 degrees. It's about a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Here's news. Hurricane Ian relief efforts are getting a big boost after a weekend benefit concert in Sarasota. Rick Hoschel has details. Hundreds gathered on Friday night at the Van Wazel Performing Arts Hall for the concert by the Sarasota Orchestra. Through ticket sales, on-site donations, and online fundraising, more than $56,000 was raised for the Community Foundation of Sarasota County's Suncoast Disaster Recovery Fund. With a matching grant from the Patterson Foundation, the total amount raised exceeded $112,000. A new launch date is on the calendar for the Artemis One moon mission. NASA says they're aiming for November 14th to once again attempt to send an uncrewed spacecraft around the moon and back to Earth. The mission has experienced several setbacks, including technical issues and Hurricane Ian. The space agency says recent inspections have shown positive feedback and the equipment could return to the launch pad as soon as early next month. ACDC is releasing a children's picture book to help teach preschoolers the alphabet. The ACDC-BCDC high-voltage alphabet will be available Friday via Love Police Books. It's the latest in a series of music-centered books from the publisher. Managing Director Brian Toronto says Love Police looks forward to educating another generation of rock and rollers. Former American Idol runner-up Willie Spence is dead at the age of 23. TMZ reports Spence died in a car accident when he struck a parked vehicle as he was heading from Tennessee to his home in Georgia. He was the runner-up in 2021 during season 19, losing to Chase Beckham. Spence went on to release an EP titled The Voice. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Kind of a coincidence. Last night I was watching baseball and two games were on, so I was going from channel to channel. And I got the, the sci-fi channel was on there and the title at the bottom of the screen said Winchester. So I thought, well, I'm gonna, what's this all about? And it was a story about the Winchester Mystery House of how, uh, how it came to be and how the, the wife of the Winchester Arms people and I think they're originally from Minnesota, and then they went out to California and San Jose, and she was troubled by all these people trying to get her and all this stuff, and so she had to find a way to hide. So she built this big house and just kept adding on to it, no rhyme or reason to it, and so it was on last night. So maybe Google Sci-Fi Channel and look for Winchester and watch some of that, but the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose we're going to make a stop there as we uh, tour California, mainly Northern California from Monterey North. But uh, it's I just smiled when I saw that thing. I thought, yeah, that's it. That's the weirdest place I've ever been in, but it's a lot of fun. So anyway, that's one of the stops on our California tour next February. Hey, mixed precipitation today, high about 45, 43 tomorrow with another chance of some rain. And then it looks like uh, partly sunny to cloudy conditions through Saturday through Monday. Temperatures in the 40s. Once again, Rice Lake at 37, Medford at 39. Wausau at 42, Marshfield 39, Lacrosse 45, Green Bay 44, Madison 43, 
45 in Milwaukee, and 41 degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls areas. We've got uh, some numbers to check. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's get to the numbers, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, where are we as far as the cash livestock? Choice fed beef steers are 137 to 153 with mixed at 112 to 136. Choice fed beef heifers are 137 to 153 with mixed at 126 to 136. Choice fed Holstein steers are 125 to 136 with select and silage fed steers 108 to 124. Cows are 65 to a dollar. Bulls are 68 to 101. Butcher hogs are 70 to 86 with sows at 51 to 71 with a top of 77. Boars are 18 to 22. Shorn market lambs are 105 to 110. Unshorn market lambs are 90 to 105. And feeder lambs are 85 to 175. And at the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures mostly higher yesterday. October live cattle, 146.17 at the close, up 37. December at 148.45, down 12. February, 152.12, that was up 25. And April live cattle, 155.80, up 12. Feeder cattle were higher across the board. We've got November at 176.67, up 47. January, 176.90, up 17. March feeder cattle, 178.25, up 27. And April at $182, even that's up 7. Lean hog carcass contracts higher also yesterday at the close. October hogs ninety three ten up seven. December at eighty seventy up a dollar seventeen. February hogs eighty one eighty seven up eighty two. And April at eighty five fifty five that was up sixty five. Board of Trade was up yesterday with that uh, USDA report and uh, lowering the size of the corn and bean crops and. Uh, or higher yesterday, I'm sorry. The prices were higher yesterday on the Board of Trade. And uh, overnight, though, they gave a little back, not much. December corn overnight down a penny at 692. The oats down a fraction at 401. December wheat up four at 886. November soybeans down seven at 1388. Meal down 30 cents a ton at $414. Barrel cheese up a cent and a half at 220. The blocks up a cent and three quarters at 205 and a quarter. Butter unchanged, 318 and a half a pound. October class three milk up six at 2185. November up 13 at 2126. December unchanged at 2072. January down six at 2030. February down four at 2044 as prices were mostly lower through next summer. Curds going to China. How popular are curds around the world? We'll talk about that next right here on Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We all know Wisconsin cheese is something that is desired by people all over the country and we're finding all over the world. John Freyholz is with us now, Director of Operations at Ellsworth Co-op Creamery over in Ellsworth. And uh, John, my first exposure to how far these cheese products from Ellsworth get is when I went to the Alaska State Fair and found out that the most popular food at the fair with deep-fried cheese curds. And I asked the guy where you got them. He pointed at a box, and it was Ellsworth Co-op Creamery. I can beat you on that. I was in Soldotna this summer, 
I walked into a dirt track race, and the gal at the counter said, if you have a bag of curds, I'll let you in free. I go, what do you know about Ellsworth Curds? She goes, I know enough to say, if you have a bag of curds, I'll let you in free. They are popular. They, they, yeah, that is correct. They're very popular. And we're visiting with John at World Dairy Expo, and uh, a Chinese gentleman came up and started eating the curds, and I asked him if he uh, ever had curds, if they have them in China. And you said, oh, they got a lot of them. Uh, we've been shipping to China, worked on a project since 2008. Earlier this summer, we shipped about 20,000 pounds into China. Uh, our best year was probably about 100,000 pounds in 2018 that we shipped there. Has there been uh, feedback from uh, wanting more, or is this experimental in China? Uh, the feedback is more, but again, logistics plays a big role in uh, Everybody knows export is real slow, ship containers, tariffs, you know, 2018 put a hindrance on it. But we're getting back to where we hope to be that 100,000, 150,000 pounds a year. How do you ship on container ships? Can you ship them by air? Because, uh, you know, dairy products can be kind of kind of fragile. Uh, preferred op- operation would be uh, container on, on ships, but we do air freight as well. But the problem is air freight gets pretty expensive, so we're limited in what we can send there. So that's China, that's Alaska. What about other parts of the world? Uh, a lot of southern South American countries, Mexico, uh, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, things like that. They're being exported out of Florida generally down to those countries. So what do they want? Curds? Do they want some of the uh, other products, the, the cheddar, the Swiss, whatever you produce? They are taking whatever we produce, the cheddars, the curds, all the products out of our Menominee facility. They're taking a percentage of those as well. Are these food service operations or are these uh, grocery stores? What do you know about the product once it gets to these destinations? It's a combination of both. But I think most of it right now is uh, retail side of it. How much emphasis do you have at the creamery, at the co-op, to expand these sorts of things? Do you have people that represent the co-op in these parts of the world, or do you have third-party salespeople, so to speak? Most of what we're dealing with is brokers, so third-party. Our ones in China is a, a direct broker for us. We've worked with him, again, since 2008, specifically on our products going in, whether it's whey products or the cheese curds, the uh, Menominee products now, and also working on the Wolf Creamery products as well, the processed cheese side of the business. So as you go forward, how much conversation does this get, say, when the board gets together or management at the co-op gets together and you talk about uh, foreign opportunities? It really falls into sales and see where those sales are going and then what our production capabilities are. So again, we're not going to promise what we can't produce. So really being cautious of saying how much we can produce and then sticking with those guidelines till as we expand and grow each facility. But you have to be optimistic that uh, there is a market out there that's growing. Oh, absolutely. Um, when we go into China, our first sales into China, we're going through a company called JD.com, similar to Amazon. You know, And that's how they're doing it, selling it through there on the online side of it. What are they telling you about, about the needs, these uh, third-party brokers, so to speak? If you can produce more, we can sell it? What are they telling you? That is exactly correct. Most people are saying, if you have it, we will buy it. Again, it comes back to our production capabilities and the limitations on our facilities. And again, that's John Fryholz. So uh, other parts of the world, as we know, want Wisconsin uh, dairy products. It's just a matter of being able to get it there. As John said, they, they kind of freeze-dry it so they can get it over there and maintain the quality of the product to the consumer in China and South America and all over the world. And those markets are expanding. John Fryholz, the uh, dairy plant manager, uh, I believe is his title, at uh, Ellsworth Co-op Creamery. And we'll take a look at yesterday's report 
from the USDA next. Right now, we got 18 minutes after 5 o'clock. Big USDA report came out yesterday. Jill, what did it tell us? It looks like the corn and soybean crops are going to be a little smaller this year. Yesterday's USDA Crop Production and World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates cut the size of the corn crop by 49 million bushels, taking it down to 13.895 billion bushels on yields of 171.9 bushels an acre, our smallest crop in three years. The report also lowered ending stocks to 1.17 billion bushels to the lowest in the past 10 years. Those numbers also bumped the expected farm gate corn price by a nickel up to $6.80 a bushel. For soybeans, yes, for soybeans, yesterday's report lowered yields by 0.7 bushels an acre down to 49.8 for an ending crop size of 4.3 billion bushels. Economists left ending stocks unchanged at 200 million bushels. For the current marketing year, they lowered the soybean price down to $14 a bushel. And we'll get a look at uh, what they said for Wisconsin crops. We'll check on that uh, later on today and see what kind of numbers uh, they gave us as far as what they expect our farmers will yield in the corn and bean crops. But in the meantime, we got other things to do. It's October, and it is Cybersecurity Month, and we're going to get more on that coming up next right here on Wax. It's uh, 41 degrees right now. Some mixed precipitation out there this morning. We'll get about 45. That's it today. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. They always have a scam and they always have a way to cause problems. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and that includes in agriculture. We know people have gone to farms and uh, stolen animals, stolen machines, but Stephanie... Now they're stealing information, huh? That's right, Bob. Hackers, cyber attacks, ransomware, they're all words we hear about in the news. And if you're like me, you don't usually associate these crimes with agriculture. But believe it or not, cyber criminals are after anyone using technology, especially our farms and agribusinesses. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Jen Pino Gallagher was in studio with me talking about ways you can protect your farm from cyber criminals. Jen is the director of food and agribusiness with M3 Insurance, and she speaks from strong agricultural experience. I do. I uh, grew up on a dairy and beef farm in Northeast Iowa and enjoyed that tremendously. Grew up uh, family farming with with my family. And uh, after that time, went off to college and then uh, spent about 10 years or so working at the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection. So agriculture is both in my background and an important part of my career. And last we spoke, Jen, cyber attacks were on the rise thanks to the pandemic. And there were specific instances of cybercrime in the agriculture setting, meat processors, grain cooperatives. But a lot has changed since January. Russia invaded Ukraine. We're dealing with inflationary pressure, supply chain issues. So how has cybercrime activity followed that narrative? Well, I have some good news uh, and some not so good news on that front. Um, the, the bad news first is that incidents of cyber attacks, ID theft, and cyber crimes do continue to rise. And in fact, the FBI reported that last year they received a record number of complaints. Uh, nearly 900,000 complaints came into their cybersecurity line with potential losses reaching nearly $7 billion as a result of the cyber intrusions. So that's the bad news. 
but the good news, however, is that more and more people are becoming aware of their risks, both because of the headline-grabbing uh, ransomware attacks that you just mentioned, as well as outlets like yours, Stephanie, that are trying to raise awareness of this and bring this topic to the public and to the agribusiness sector. More individuals, more agribusinesses are paying attention to it, and they're putting um, uh, emphasis on keeping their operations cyber secure. Why don't you remind us, though, why agribusinesses are at risk for cyber attacks? Well, it really just comes down to a simple fact that cyber criminals are looking to get a return on their investment. They're investing in lots of malware and lots of tactics to uh, exploit the vulnerabilities of organizations. And agribusinesses can be vulnerable just like any other organization. So really, they are at risk because cyber criminals can become rich by hacking into their systems, holding their information for ransom, selling their uh, trade secrets or the employee's private information on the dark web. So the reason why they are at risk is because uh, just like all companies can be at risk, agribusinesses are as well. And unfortunately, because profit margins are so slim in the agribusiness world, sometimes the cybersecurity resources are not as uh, robust as they should be. It may be hard to believe, though, that your average Wisconsin farm would be at risk of a cyber threat. But if you think about it, there's a lot of technology used on farm. So, Jen, walk us through why your average farm is at risk. Well, you really touched on on something that's so important in today's farming operation, and that is technology. Uh, the amount of technology on today's operations really is amazing, and our farming industry has become very, very automated. Uh, I remember as a kid growing up on a dairy farm, our barn cleaner automation was me, my two brothers, and three pitchforks. <laughs> that's not farming today. Today, farmers are dependent on the software to run uh, their systems for precision agriculture. Farmers are at risk in a couple of ways. Um, the company that provides their automation could become a victim of a cyber intrusion, and that could result in the farmer losing their private information and their data, or the system could fail as a result of an intrusion, leaving the farmer without their automation that they have become dependent on, re- from robotic milkers to ventilation system to precision agriculture Additionally, if you're using a computer to, for your record keeping, for your online banking, even email, you can be at risk of a cyber intrusion through the sites you visit or the email that you open. Well, Jen, now let's talk methods to prevent cyber crime, to prevent a cyber attack on your farm or agribusiness operation. Where do you start? Well, really, the steps that a farmer, an individual farmer takes to reduce their risk and and increase their cyber protection are the same methods that an agribusiness can take or an ag co-op can take. Uh, First and foremost, make cybersecurity a priority. Pay attention to it. Um, Cybersecurity Awareness Month is coming up here. Uh, Now's a good time to look at your systems and see if they are safe. Some of the ways you can make them more safe is enable multi-factor authentication on all of your systems. This is the two-step process that many of us are familiar with. If you go to access your credit union or your bank account, oftentimes you'll get a text message pushed to your phone. That's multi-factor authentication. This can be implemented on all of your systems, including your laptops and mobile devices. Another important step is to install antivirus and malware protection. This can help ensure that your computer is updated and protected against the known viruses and malware. Uh, preventive maintenance. That's another important topic. Just like you would perform maintenance on your equipment, you should also perform preventive maintenance on your software and on your technology. 
Um, last but not least, uh, a very good method, which uh, a lot of people forget about, is just strong passwords. Have very strong, unique, long, complex passwords. It's not anybody's favorite topic to have to have different passwords for every device, but it's an important, uh, simple step that you can take. And a uh, simple step, my rear end. Uh, I never remember any of my passwords. How do you, you have to tattoo them on your arm? Well, I have a whole sheet of all my passwords. Yeah, I, know. You, I can't remember. No, them. you can't. Remember. But it, but it is important. I'm not trying to belittle what you said, but it is important because you don't want to have your your information compromised. So, uh, yeah, I got a call. One of these robo calls the other day. Somebody, this is Amazon, Mister Bosol, and of course the guy had a far eastern accent, and he said, uh, "Someone has." Uh, charged uh, some Apple iPhone $900 to your Amazon account. I said, well, that's a good trick. I don't have an Amazon account. Well, let me tell you how you can get your security. You know, they're just fishing for information. So, again, be careful when they tell you all that stuff because it's a, it's a nasty world out there, that's for sure. But it'll get better because we're going to go and talk to Rocky over at Premier Livestock and find out about the markets so far this week. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we figured out the right password at Premier Livestock to get a hold of Rocky this morning. It's uh, Premier Rocky dot bear dot whatever. <laughs> Isn't that something? Do you have a problem with those passwords, too? I hate him with a passion. Yeah. <laughs> how do yeah. you really? How do you really feel? <laughs> yeah, one of them uh, pet peeve deals. Yeah, uh, it is. I think everybody uh, our age, well, my age, and you're getting there. But it's uh, it's frustrating. But it's a necessary evil of today. Well, yep. it's five thirty in the morning, Rocky. How's the marketing going this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up here at Premier. Uh, we sold uh, just short of 200 head of dairy cattle. We had uh, two herds of tie stall cows, uh, but lots of top ends for supreme consignments of top end parlor free stall cows. Uh, quality was just really second to none. Uh, top fresh cows brought 1850 to 2900. Uh, we had one big load of fresh heifers, averaged over 2600. We had a group of 25, averaged 2250. And we had many loads averaging over 2,000. Lots and lots of cows from that 2,000 to 2,900. Uh, many other little more average type cows from 1,350 to 1,850. Uh, top spring and heifers 13 to 1775. Those lesser quality, uh, blemish cows and heifers 1275 and down. Next week's dairy cattle auction, we got two organic herds, uh, gonna be Holsteins, lots of crossbreds, some really nice cattle there. Uh, one herd's gonna even suit a lot of you, uh, conventional guys, uh, just got some cows milking up in over 100 pounds. Uh, we'll have over 200 organics already consigned for that auction next Wednesday. So if you know anybody looking for organic dairy cattle, you're looking uh, looks like a great sale to be on also next week tuesday will be our special feeder cattle auction uh, we're expecting somewhere between 800 to a thousand head of feeder cattle uh, we're also selling bread beef cows got a couple dispersals there one herd of uh, herefords as well um, like i said the beef cows need to be in by 9 30 on tuesday morning for preg checks or come in monday questions call us at premier 715-229-2500 all the details on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com don't forget machinery auctions coming up here November or November 18th. Uh, we're looking to get those consignments in. We'll start taking pictures, uh, get our ads together starting on Monday. Uh, so let
let us know what you got for equipment. Let us know when you're going to bring it in. And, Bob, that's the way things are shaping up. Sounds good. Would you look out right. the window yet this morning? Anything happening over in Lublin, weather-wise? Uh, nothing, but it looks a little damp. That's All right. about it. All right. Have a good one, Rocky. You too. Thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. We'll get an update on the weather and see where it is uh, snowing or raining or whatever it might be doing this morning. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The seasons are changing in our part of the country as we look at our weather on Wax this morning with Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13. Good morning, Mike. Howdy, Bob. How are you? Good. What kind of reports are you getting? We got somebody from around Duran said they saw some snow down there this morning and other places as well, I'm sure. Yeah, I got a report in Hickston. There's a grapple, oh. which is kind of like those ice pellets, not oh, quite sleet, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some of that falling in Jackson County, and right now the studio still staying dry. But yeah, I haven't uh, seen any out here either. But uh, just be careful; it could get a little slippery on you. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's ahead? Well, for today, we'll not really warm up too much from where we're at now, but we'll continue with the stretch of uh, some breezy conditions as well. We'll still have winds mostly out of the west-northwest between 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting near 30 at times again, mostly cloudy with temperatures into the mid-40s. We may have just a few sprinkles throughout the day today. Mostly cloudy for tonight as we dip to the low 30s and some upper 20s. Tomorrow, starting off with a chance at some showers and possibly some snow showers, mostly north of I-94. And our high is going to get into the low 40s as well, not really warming up much at all. But our winds will start to die down a little bit. And we'll hang on to clouds through the weekend with temperatures mostly into the mid to upper 40s, overnight lows in the low to mid 30s. Then Sunday night, we'll dip to the upper 20s. We'll see more sunshine for Monday and Tuesday, but still really cold getting into the upper 30s and low 40s for our highs on Monday. A little warmer on Tuesday, but it's rather marginal with mid-40s for our highs. And towards midweek, that's where we'll start to warm up a little bit. More sunshine, and we'll start to see those winds pick up as well with our highs into the low 50s. But right now, well, it depends on where you're at. We're getting all different kinds of precipitation reports, but mostly cloudy otherwise with a temperature of 39 degrees in Eau Claire. So should I put the top up on the convertible, or we got more days in the 60s and 70s coming our way? Uh, It doesn't look like we'll have those (laughs) 60s and 70s soon. But, hey, you know, if you want to catch a few snowflakes, maybe take out the convertible with the top down tomorrow Mm -hmm. and drive up towards the Northwoods, you'll be good. Yeah, I sure will, as long (laughs) as I wear a parka. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Bob. Have a good one. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry over there. It's Skywarn 13 as we look at the weather. For those who work in Acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're sneaking up on 22 minutes before 6 o'clock. Let's get into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is up and at him and with us. Well, what kind of, did you guys have any kind of surprising weather on the way in this morning? There was no white stuff flying this morning, but uh, does that air ever remind us that it's coming? Yeah, That'll wake your nostrils up when you walk out today. <laughs> it's one of those catch-you-by-surprise breaths. It certainly <laughs> is, and it's only going to get worse from here. <laughs> Well, what's going on in the news? Well, we're going to start with headlines in our state that include Mother Nature. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Of course, Bob and I may be chatting about those temps that you're feeling dropped today, but it's also a day for chainsaws and weather maps. Folks across the southeastern part of the state are cleaning up after downed trees and limbs. A rare October string of tornadoes rolled across that area. Crews from the National Weather Service are going to head out this morning to check on six possible touchdowns. The National Weather Service will spend the day figuring out whether the damage came from tornadoes 
themselves or those straight line winds. Forecasters say it's not unheard of to have tornadoes in Wisconsin in October, but it is uncommon. We Energy says the worst of it saw about 22,000 people without power. About 1 a.m. as we checked there, it was down to just 25 people. In news and headlines, the move is closer to our area. There are now federal charges against the Tennessee man accused of driving to Chippewa County to kidnap a 15-year-old girl. With 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster and the details, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office filing those charges, right, John? The U.S. Attorney's Office filing child pornography charges this week against 22-year-old Trevor Blackburn. He's already facing state charges of kidnapping and sexual assault. The sheriff in Chippewa County says Blackburn kidnapped a girl from her home in Holcomb at the beginning of the month because... She stopped talking to him online. I'm John DeMaster. Well, it was a half day for the jury in the Waukesha Christmas Parade trial, and here's why. Mother Nature intervened, as did the judge. And you... Mr. Brooks, sorry to interrupt. How much longer do you have? The uh, only reason I ask is there's some weather coming in, and I've had some alerts, and I want to make sure everyone gets to a safe location. There's a tornado warning, not for us just yet, but um, so I'm... I'll let you finish. Um... But I may be interrupting if another alert comes in. The judge did send everybody home for the day. That case continues today. Well, it'll be uh, candidates behind the podium and eyes to the stage. Voters, you'll see one last chance for candidates in the U.S. Senate race on the same stage today. Tonight is the second and likely final U.S. Senate debate. Republican Senator Ron Johnson and Democratic Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes will answer questions in Milwaukee TV tonight. That debate then will be streamed and broadcast across our state. The latest polls, Marquette Law School, gives uh, Johnson a six-point lead in the race. And if you're getting ready to cast a line, well, don't take tips from these Ohio fishermen. You talk about catching the big one, what about the heavy one? And now some heavy fines. 42-year-old Jacob Runyon and 35-year-old Chase Kaminsky were each indicted on counts of cheating, attempted grand theft, possessing criminal tools, and unlawful possession of wild animals. If the two had won the walleye tournament on September 30th, they would have received a total prize of nearly $29,000. If the two are convicted, both men could lose their fishing licenses. Kaminsky and Ryan are scheduled to be arraigned October 26th. I'm Greg Anthony. They used lead weights in the fish there to uh, now could be indicted. Well, we take it out of the live well, back to the barn with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Do you have the uh, court channel or whatever that is? I've got it on my cable. And they've been uh, they've been having this trial down there in Milwaukee, this guy that ran through the parade in Waukesha. Mm-hmm. Stuff. He's nuts. I mean, I hate to say that, but he's nuts. They have been live streaming the yeah. trial, and yeah, because uh, he's acting in his, as his own attorney. Yeah. And I know that there's been a lot of frustrations uh, all the way yeah. around for a lot of people involved. I mean, he asked him questions that are absolutely just taking up the court time. I suppose the longer he stays in court, the shorter time he's going to spend in jail. But there, he's, he's going. A lot of people are suspecting that the strategy is to just kick the can down the road yep. as long as possible and delay, which is frustrating to the families involved that are looking for a speedy trial and some justice. Yeah, it's it's uh, frustrating to everybody mm-hmm. because it's just a misuse of the court system, that's for sure. I think you might be the only person who watches that channel real time on TV, Bob. <laughs> well, they might be happy to know. <laughs> when I'm going through and I see that, I'll yeah. sit and watch it and listen to this guy and I think, Come on. Yeah, there is some uh, interesting footage there for sure. Yeah, I guess so. Thank you, ma'am. Anytime, Bob. All right, that's Morgan in the newsroom this morning here on Wax, 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. 
The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 17 minutes now before 6 o'clock. And uh, Jill, a little more farm news. Uh, Ellsworth Co-op Creamery is really in the news today besides our, our contract uh, with John and Kurds to China and around the world. What else are they doing? Well, industry and education are coming together in western Wisconsin. Officials at the University of Wisconsin River Falls have announced another cash investment from the Ellsworth Co-op Creamery. This week, the co-op donated another $30,000 to the college's dairy pilot plant renovation. That brings the total Ellsworth donation for that project to $150,000, earning them naming rights at the plant. The 6,500-square-foot plant is expected to open next spring and is considered to be one of the most sophisticated dairy teaching facilities in the country. We're going to swing on over and talk a little about weeds. AgWeb has just released a poll. They took that asked farmers which weeds caused them the most problems in their crops. Those farmers said water hemp was their by far their biggest problem weed at thirty five at a thirty five percent rating. Second was Palmer amaranth at fifteen percent, followed by ragweed and horseweed at nine percent, foxtail at six percent, and lamb's quarter at four percent. So the weeds are a problem. All the technology weeds are still pretty tough. Almost a quarter to six here at Wax. We've got markets to get to. We got a lot of sale barns to contact. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 14 minutes before 6 o'clock, 39 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Amber and Barron Equity. Cowcows, the top 20% sold from 72 to 79.50, tapping out at 83.50. 60% sold from 62 to 71, and the bottom 20% sold from 61 and down. Cowboys sold from 87 to 107. Calves, quality Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to 110. Light and poor quality calves sold from 50 and down. Beef calves sold from 100 to 202.50. Our next sheep, goat, small animal, and beef sale is this Saturday, October 15th at 10 a.m. If you have any questions, please contact Al at 608 608- Four seven seven five eight two five. Thank you, and have a good day. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. And now it's time to hear from Market Manager Hut Eman from Sparta Equity. That cattle selling steady today, with the higher than choice beef steers and heifers one fifty to one fifty nine, with the top of one fifty nine fifty. The choice and select beef steers and heifers one thirty nine to. 149. The dairy cross steers 130 to 144. The choice and select Holstein steers 123 to 133. With unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 122 and down. Cow market steady to lower with the high yielding cows 74 to 84 with a top of 89. The cutters and utilities 58 to 73 with the lower yielding and canner cows selling 57 and down. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing 90 to 105 with the thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted. At 89 and down, calves they sold by the pound with the steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing 80 to 140. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves, $2 to 350 with light and poor quality calves, 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Monday, October 17th, starting at 12.30 with sheep and goats, followed by hogs, calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hut Aiming to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's get at it. We're uh, 10 minutes before 6 o'clock. More markets from the Equity Stratford Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. 
Well, Bob, and a good morning to you, and I guess, uh, well, uh, be a heavier jacket and long underwear today if you're going out. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be the way of it. It's uh, going to be cool. I don't think uh, we're not going to see 50s again for, well, maybe another week if we see it then. It's nothing but the 40s through about the middle of next week at least, and I haven't looked beyond that. So it's fall. It's October. Get us caught up. It's uh, Thursday already. What's been happening over Stratford this week, Jer? Yes, it is Thursday, and Bob, and a very good morning to everyone. And, Bob, I thank you. And a summary from uh, Wednesday, yesterday here at Equity Stratford. And Wednesday, we do sell feeder cattle on Wednesday. On the feeder cattle sale yesterday, lighter weight beef steers selling mostly from 150 to 190. Heavier beef steers selling in a range mostly from 120 to 175. Lighter weight beef heifers yesterday, 140 to 190. Heavier beef heifers uh, from 115 to one. Uh, 115 to 160. And on the Holstein line yesterday, lighterweight Holstein feeder steers from 108 to 130, heavier Holsteins from 93 to $1.22. In the uh, market auction yesterday, we are seeing a weaker market on cows this week. Uh, yesterday, the high yielding fleshy Holstein cows and high yielding beef cows selling from 74 to a top of 85 and a half. Uh, most of the cows uh, yesterday and this week are selling from uh, 53 to 73, thinner cows, lighter cows, lighter carcass cows below the $50 money. On the bull trade yesterday, better quality bulls are selling from 93 to 110, light bulls 90 and back. Fed cattle trade, also a weaker trend on the fed cattle, choice grading Holstein steers. Uh, we're selling mostly from $1.14 to $1.26. High yielding choice prime Holsteins yesterday from 127 to 135. Also, uh, at the middle of the week here, a much lower market on the Holstein bull calves. Uh, yesterday, the better quality bull calves weighing 90 to 130 pounds, mostly from 40 to 100. Heifer calves selling between 20 and 40. Beef calves, pretty steady demand on those this week, though, 175 to 325 to 380 on yesterday's auction. And we are at the Thursday, as Bob said. Uh, marketing day here at Equity Stratford starts at 10 o'clock this morning with market cattle. That includes cows, fed cattle, bulls, baby calves, uh, about 12, 12.30 this afternoon. Just a reminder, our next hay sale next week uh, will be at Equity Stratford next Tuesday. Also, next dairy sale next Tuesday, October 18th. Feeder cattle sale Wednesday, October 19th. So that's what we have for the folks this morning, Bob. You guys enjoy the day. And, uh, well, uh, one thing about this cooler temperature should take care of these uh, nasty Asian beetles and those mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, although I don't think either one of them were much of a problem this year, so that's that's good. I haven't seen a lot of Asian beetles, and I don't think the summer was off, awfully tough with mosquitoes either, so hopefully it'll continue that way. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha, Bob. Thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our markets are brought to you by Synergy Cooperative in Ridgeland. Let's take a look at what happened yesterday in the Board of Trade reacting to that USDA report that lowered corn and soybeans uh, as far as crop size. As uh, we were pretty much soybeans higher as the ending stocks were unchanged. Corn stocks were down. And overnight, not a lot of reaction overnight. December corn down a penny at six ninety two. The oats down a penny at uh, or down a fraction of a penny at four oh one. December wheat up four at eight eighty six. November soybeans down seven at thirteen eighty eight. December soybean meal four hundred and fourteen dollars a ton. That's down thirty cents. And the country elevator prices. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location, corn's at six twenty seven with soybeans at thirteen thirteen. Numerous grain of Holman. Corn's at 631 with soybeans at 1303. On the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plump today, 657 a bushel. At Baldwin, 632. The beans, 1304. 
Durant, 622 on the corn, 1294 on the beans at Mondovi. Corn, 627. Soybeans, 1304 over at Elmwood, 632 and 1309. Fall Creek has the corn at 617. The beans at 1269. Osseo, 637 on the corn, 1309 on the beans. Elk Mound, no quote on corn, 1309 for the soybeans. Sparta. 636 on the corn, 1299 on the soybeans at Ellsworth, 612 and 1254. Ethanol plants, corn, Boyceville, 637. Stanley, 641 to Richmond, 639. Barrel cheese up a cent and a half yesterday at 220 a pound. The blocks up a cent and three quarters at 205 and a quarter. Butter unchanged, 318 and a half. October class three up six, 2185. November up 13 at 2126. December unchanged at 2072. January down six. 2030, February down four at 2044, as uh, we've got prices lower through next summer. And again, uh, we're in a cooler weather pattern. It's going to be in the 40s for probably at least the next week. Today, 45 with mixed precipitation and another windy day. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.